Skjankic. Um, I feel like whenever we do an episode like this, just a chatty one, this is the kind of episode where people who don't really listen to the show generally might be like, oh, maybe I'll have a little dive in. You know, because they're not talking about a film. I don't need to watch a film for this one. You know, maybe I can just dive in, see what the dynamic's like. Maybe this podcast for me. And I get a feeling that they probably listen to these chat ones. And realise that we we really have nothing to say. <laughs> but it's because we literally have nothing to say. We've got not we've not got something specific to say. Yeah, because we if we've got a film that we've both seen, especially one we're hot off the heels of, Danny. Yeah, we could talk for hour. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <an> hour. <laughs> we could talk for hour. Make it to a bi-weekly play. Um. So. Yeah, and we can do it. Yeah, every fourteen days, and it works out well. But we're just sat down in front of two microphones and asked to be entertaining. Oh boy. That's a tough one. Today. See, al- already you're not giving me anything. You're just staring at me. I was about to say something. Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. You were just <laughs> waiting. You were... Do you think, I think maybe I'm more paranoid because we have more time to fill with not anything specific that I'm more paranoid that we're not going to be able to talk about anything. <laughs> I was going to say just before you <laughs> not saying anything even though i was coming hot off the heels of your own sentence (laughs) twice we've used that phrase now um this episode's called hot off the heels (laughs) but i think today we're gonna rise to the challenge Mm -hmm. we're gonna be entertaining inclusive and entertaining and we're gonna be hot off the heels that's the most important thing we're gonna we're definitely we're most certainly i think of all the things gonna be hot off the heels yeah of what necessarily i don't know no idea. No idea. No, no, spe- no. Specific- the heels haven't been hot heated yet. No specificity required. <laughs> All you need to know is that we're hot off them. Yeah. Those heels. Those Whose heels? heels? Ours. Our heels are the ones. That are Mister Podcast. What does the phrase "hot off the heels" mean? I don't know. I had this conversation today <laughs> with somebody at my work. Where does right? Okay. First of all, sell this debate for me. Right. Okay. I'm Would you ever settler. use the phrase? You're jonesing for something. I would never use that. But have you heard it? I've heard it. I'm jonesing for a cup of tea. No one at my work's heard it. Not one person. But I use it all the time. And so I proved it. I googled it and sure enough it's there in the dictionary. Jonesing. I don't, it might have been Urban Dictionary. No need to get into it. <laughs> Even an Urban Dictionary there, it, proves it's used. it's like a slang. At a level it is used in some capacity. It is a practical element of the English language. Nobody had heard it. But my friend Kerry, who I work with, messaged me later that day. They used it on How I Met Your Mother. Okay. So it's definitely a real phrase. So fuck you, everybody that it's I work with. It's the first with. time anybody's been, like, um, confirmed by How I Met Your Mother. Anyone's but, been, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. factually correct by How I Met Your Mother. It felt good. Because I don't watch How I Met Your Mother. Now I want to watch it. Because How I Met don't. Your Mother is on my side. Oh, really? Well, How I Met Your Mother... That's big talk, because people love that show. I like I I loved How I Met Your Mother. I absolutely loved it. Um, Did it get too mainstream for you, Danny? It's not that it got too mainstream. It was the ending. I really didn't like the ending. And it's bizarre. I wouldn't... Like, at the time, it wasn't like... The ending happened, and, like, I just thought it was a shit show. Yeah. And, like, some people... Without spoiling it, some people really like 
some people don't mind what they tried to do with the ending. Um, some people do like the direction they went in. I thought like I didn't mind the direction they went in. I just thought the way they did it was fucked. It just was horrible. It didn't make sense. Messy. Um, and I didn't when as soon as I saw it, I didn't go. Well, that's it. I'm never watching this show again. But like I used to rewatch How I Met Your Mother at almost at the same frequency I rewatched Friends, and I had like the f- uh, first few seasons on DVD, and I uh, loved watching it. Back when you needed DVDs to watch. Yeah, it. back when you needed DVDs. Um, <sighs> but uh, as soon as I watched the finale and finished it, that was it done. I'd like there was just something in my mind that something that ticked over and went. I don't want to watch How I Met Your Mother anymore. Oh. And it kind of like the ending. I, 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 it wasn't a conscious decision. I feel like that's the it'd be like sounds sort of almost butthurt, like the idea of like. Oh well, the ending was shite. So that's it. I'm never watching rewatching the series. There was just something in my head that was, um, without even consciously thinking about it, went. I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah. Like I was just a bit put down by the ending. Um, is the ending that imp- again coming to as someone who has? I think I've maybe seen like an episode or two. I don't think it's my thing. Like, is the ending that important when it's just a sitcom? Well. I think it's because this specific sitcom's building up to its ending. Okay. Like, it, the the ending is literally the answer to the question, how I met your mother. Um, who is the mother? The, uh, who is the mother? Um, I think I know who it is. No, I think someone's told me, but I didn't know who, what that meant. Who? What did they tell you? Uh, it's the woman, isn't it? It's the one that <laughs> it's he's... It's the woman! <laughs> no, it's the, ones he's, it's the one he's pals with that's mm. in the Avengers, isn't it? No. No? Not no, but like I know what they mean. But like it, that, that literally, she's not the mother. Um, How I met mother, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> How I met Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> How I met Jennifer Lawrence. You, you could probably and get that kids is how I bumped into Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. They get ten years out of that one. Um, <laughs> no, I just like like the mother. The who the mother is isn't really a big thing. That's like it's not really. Um, a big deal who the mother is because they, they end up just getting an actress and oh that's the mother but just the ending was... yeah that right that's it i remembered it turned out that yeah it didn't matter who who it was hmm. it was but they 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 kind of and i think they were also just mean-spirited with the ending uh the last season is um a, like a whole season dedicated to a wedding mm-hmm. and the last two episodes um like undoes a bunch of stuff and rushes through a lot of stuff to specifically get to a conclusion that not everybody was happy with and it seemed okay. very messy and horrible and like it, they just felt they had to answer that question yeah how did ted is it ted mosley ted mosby meet jennifer lawrence yeah how he met jennifer lawrence <laughs> and it's an important question to answer yeah so, you know you need to do it right and they didn't do it right <laughs> um but they like there's just something in my head just sort of went just done with it yeah, I was just like I never rewatched it, and I haven't, and I even I still have the DVD somewhere, and I've just not really. I don't know if I have anything like that, anything that my brain has just kind of decided. Nope, it's we're, very we're rare. Putting a, we're putting a, a pin in that. It's very rare that an ending would ruin something, mm. like retroactively ruin it, even if you didn't like it. Like no one's like the biggest fan of like where Scrubs went in the last season, and like the the US Office, which I've just finished. Although yeah. the finale of the US Office is very good, it's quite good. Um, but like. No one like when the se- when a show derails the seasons, you usually can go back to the classic stuff and rewatch it. But I don't know. Maybe it's because How Met Your Mother was always building to that. It was mm. always building. Yeah, that, that, to that that's ending. yeah. But like, it just seemed all mean spirited, and I feel like afterwards you just sort of I just just never really thought about it in the same way. 
I want to see the show about how he grows up to be. <clears throat> Who is it that voices old Ted? Oh, Mosby? it's um the guy Bob. Um... Oh, it's oh. now I'm gonna say two names. One of them is a famous rock star. The other is the one we're talking about. Okay, Bob Seger or Bob Saget? It's Bob Saget. It's Bob yeah. Saget. Yeah, because Bob, that would be fucking mental. If Bob Seger. Is... <laughs> But I couldn't remember which like, well, one was my which. music career is kind of nobody. Nobody listens to uh, old time rock and roll anymore. So I guess I'll take this gig as a voice actor. Um, I couldn't remember which one was which there. Just right at that second, Bob Seger is old time rock and roll. Bob Saget's Full House and yeah. the voice of How I Met Your Mother. I want to see the show about how he transforms into Bob Saget. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Scrubs, right? Right. Stunning. Yeah, like. I feel like every time I um, actually sit down and watch Scrubs, I'm hit by just how fucking good yeah. it is. Why does no one seem to talk about it? I don't know. Have you noticed that? Though? Yeah. Nobody ever seems to talk about Scrubs. But then when you bring it up, everybody loves it. But it's not like... I feel like it's... I don't know. It just It's not it in like the public conscious the way that like no. Friends is or How I Met Your Mother is. It doesn't like seem to like have the cultural impact. Yeah, that's reason. it. It didn't stick. Nobody's like... Always, oh, always talking about what you know. There's no BuzzFeed articles that are like what Scrubs character are you? Although there may very well be. Oh, it we should is. Google that now, <laughs> and if it is, if it exists, find out what what Scrub character Scott Morrison is. If it exists, I'm finding out what Scrubs character I am. Right, keep talking. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Scrubs is. I, I hate to say this because this is like maybe a, a bad commentary on how like how something becomes part of the cultural conscious. Maybe Scrubs just isn't as relatable. Because it's about the troubles of being a, a doctor, whereas Friends and How I Met Your Mother are straight up the troubles of just being a person, like oh. just being a, a person who drinks yeah. and is it's a terrible quite person. It's fascinating how Scrubs almost kind of started as just a piss take of Grey's Anatomy and then just grew into its own thing, where it still it still uses the tropes of how I'm of uh, Grey's Anatomy, and at first is kind of poking fun at them but then starts to take that quite seriously like the whole voiceover that sums up everything that is the staple of scrubs mm. and they originally kind of did that because that was the staple of Grey's anatomy and they were taking the piss out of it it's pretty interesting it's so sincere i'll credit one of my biggest credits for scrubs is the using the fries how to save a mm. life song mm. and you're like that song should be so <clears throat> cliche and just a bit too on the nose yeah. and but th- when they use it you're like they are intrinsically linked. Scrubs and How to Save a Life. By yeah. Like, cannot separate them now. No. Um, which is why I remember when they got Scrubs on Netflix, there was obviously some kind of issue with the copyright. And, um... Drop my pen. Uh, uh, the classic Scott Morrison drop something. There was obviously some kind of issue with the copyright. So they couldn't get the original music. So it was just this generic, like royalty free music Whoa. talk about just the, the any kind of emotion being ripped right out of that scene which is what I mean about them being intrinsically linked you remove one from the other doesn't work so it's an alright song isn't it it's Aye. just, just alright it's like Scrubs using it should have been too on the nose but they fucking nail it yeah that's a great series arc. well a great little little episode arc because that, that's like over the course of a few episodes I like it and I, I always credited How Met Your Mother for having some really cool sincere episodes like um, Scrubs has like a lot of food, kind of obviously by the um, like the uh, 
in the nature of being set in a hospital they need to have like quite serious arcs and uh-huh. stuff like that and some serious emotional moments but how my mother does that a few times as well and i thought they were really good there was some really good impact they had in like especially in the later seasons with some of their characters and they had some fucking on point episodes yeah so maybe it's why it makes it even more disappointing that when it came to the end and they rushed it and just like i ah, knocked it out there you go done remember <clears throat> remember when the fresh prince of bel-air nearly killed carlton no, I from drugs that. did they remember when he nearly I killed watched carlton that recently? from drugs that was a sad episode do you know what remember else? when will smith's when the fresh prince of bel-air's uh dad came back but then it turned out he was like a junkie dude what was it he turned out to be? Was it a he junkie? wasn't a junkie, he was just a letdown. Yeah. But there was, oh my god, if you, like, any emotion, Will Smith acting, that's his best acting, his performance in that speech. Like, I was crying, I, I've watched Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because it came on Netflix recently, and I rewatched it and got to that speech, like, uh, he talks about, uh, he's, he's just, like, Will Smith's character, the Fresh Prince, just has this rant about when his dad lets him down and goes, he's like, why do I need him? I don't need him, I went through him my whole life, and I went through him, and he just has this really angry, passionate speech, and then he go, and then he just sort of goes, um, just breaks down at the end of it, and I was like, why doesn't he want me? And then Uncle Phil just hugs him, and like, it's fucking, yeah, it's but there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about the, what's his name, the guy who plays Uncle Phil was like, the the hug was so genuine because mm-hmm. like, he just seemed to, like it's fucking Will Smith's performance at that point stunned everyone. Yeah. And like, when you watch the episode, I think that episode is definitely worth rewatching because it's, oh my god, that acting, oh, it's on point. Maybe I will rewatch it then. It's, oh, man, it's a really powerful episode. Uh-huh. Fucking hell, does it really hit you? Like, it, I was really shocked by it. I was really taken back by how much that episode hit you. I, re- I sometimes do think about going back and rewatching Fresh Prince Bel Air, but it just seems so 90s now <laughs> that I'm like, I don't know if I can handle that much 90s I in day-to-day day day life. I rewatched it and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I appreciated it more because when I watched it previously, younger. You were just a small... Yeah, I didn't quite understand everything as much, but um, no, I really liked it, and I like Uncle Phil. I was I was rewatching it. I was like, oh, I fucking love Uncle Phil. <laughs> um, Danny, why don't you go ahead and introduce the show, and then we're gonna play which Scrubs character is Scott. Right. Okay. We're already 14 minutes in. There's no need to introduce the show, but let's do it anyway. What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and with me, the Scrub-specific character yet to be defined himself... We're going to find out. Scott Morrison. It's time to play which Scrubs character it's are our you? It's recurring segment. It's another recurring segment. <laughs> 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 ain't no Superman blue. <clears throat> so it's actually, so BuzzFeed, the best I could find was, which Scrubs character are you most like? Okay. I'll settle. Yeah. Uh, so, first off, what's your favourite meal? Okay. What's the choices? Uh, I like to go to a nice restaurant and be surprised with the chef's tasting menu. I'm a brunch kind of person. Steak and whiskey. Brinner, breakfast for dinner. Is chocolate a meal? PB&J. Any and all kinds of cake. The life force of my enemies or just wine, thanks. I'm going to go for Brinner. I really, when you read that out so quickly, I thought you said that you were suggesting whiskey and steak was a great brunch. I really oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go for Brinner. Brinner. I'm a big breakfast or dinner fan. Cool. Now, this is a visual one, Danny, so this is going to be hard. Okay. Choose your scrubs. Right. Now, there's a good few on option here. There's sort of the typical pink, blue, green black but then there's sort of crazy batman ones going on oh and then also some weird trippy like hippie tie-dye kind of scrubs going on all right 
But what one speaks to you the most? I'm thinking the tie-dye. Tie-dye. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go tie-dye. Wow. Uh, which song makes you get up and dance? Hotline Bling. <clears throat> I do know quite a lot of words from that song. <laughs> <clears throat> Anything by Sinatra. Okay. Anything by Motley Crue. Okay. Anything from Les Mis. Okay. <laughs> Icelandic yodeling. <laughs> Or nothing, I hate dancing. Lame is. I'm going to go lame is. Lame is for you, Scott Morrison. I've seen you perform it drunk. Do you have a lot of friends at work? Oh. I'm going to click yes tons. Because <laughs> fuck it. <clears throat> What's your dream vacation? Touring Europe? Chilling at a beach resort? Or sightseeing in Southeast Asia? I'm no, already see done. the first one, it doesn't seem much of a dream once you've done it. Once it? you've done it. Uh, you don't need to brag about um, your uh, man of the world status. but The thing is, I don't really want to chill at a beach resort. And Southeast Asia sounds scary. Sounds too different. So I'm going to stick with touring Europe because I know I've done it. And it's fine. Aww. Are you a confident person? You do a podcast. Yeah, I'll say you. You're confident enough to think Choose one of JD's fantasies. So we've got Floating Head Doctor, Macho Man JD Savage, uh, Literal Deer in Headlights, The Healing Fawns, Pumpkin Child. These bringing back lots of memories for you, Danny. Old People Love Train, Chocolate King, Neenan Literally Busting Nuts, or Baby Perry. Whew, that's a tough one. Mostly because a lot of these I don't remember. And they also seem very randomly chosen. Who's Neenan? I don't remember. Okay, I'm gonna go. Oh, floating head doctor. I'd be most like the janitor. <laughs> Not bad. No, do you know what? I can see that. Yeah, I think I can see you as the. You're janitor. a wild card. <laughs> Nobody ever really knows what you're thinking because that's none of their business. Sneaking into your brain like that, you'll mess with people and pull pranks just for fun. Also, you're convinced that the moon is just the back of the sun. Definitely the last one. Yeah. Definitely the last one. Oh, okay, no, I'll take the janitor. Yeah, the janitor's good. He's a yeah. good choice. Uh, if we want to keep playing, Danny, we could go shoe shopping and uh, they'll tell us which 2000s Disney Channel character we are. <laughs> Save that for another time. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. that's quite a visual one. Aye. It's quite a visual um, one. So, back to the point. What, was the what point? does hot off the heels mean? <sighs> right, okay. <laughs> are we just going to spend this whole episode Googling things? <laughs> off the heels the one that confuses me is like oh as many beers as you can shake a stick at or as many pumpkins hmm. as you can shake a stick at what, what does that mean what were people shaking sticks at <laughs> vast numbers of things the best i could think of is that it has to do with sheep herding sheep oh You're shaking a yeah, stick at a vast quantity like, of sheep and if like there's too good. many sheep they're not going to register you shaking that stick no it's like a a crowd in a gig where you're stuck at the back and you can't quite see you can only see the left leg of the person you yeah. come to see yeah, yeah 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 I think that's what it means yeah uh, hot off the heels hot on someone's heels also close on someone's heels it means following closely behind someone so I guess it doesn't sound right in the context no wait that's hot on the heels so we've been saying it wrong <laughs> we're supposed to be saying hot off the press <laughs> <laughs> which is fine people get things wrong we're not all perfect everyone can have gaps in their knowledge we are not all perfect no Daniel Jones always remember that speaking of not being perfect segue see Joss Whedon's off Batgirl yeah Eesh. kind of a... makes sense doesn't it yeah <laughs> um I just... 
it's kind of inevitable because like what he also said he didn't have a story which i i think is a complete lie that is 100 percent a cop-out for anyone that doesn't know by the way it came out quite recently that joss whedon basically cheated on his wife a whole bunch of times Hmm. in quite a misogynistic manner uh, which is not... basically talk, he talked about how what was it it was like people were treating him like a, a god like women were treating him like a god and I'm like look Joss look at you <laughs> look at you <laughs> like I'm sure that was all in your head buddy uh, but um, so he was supposed to be doing the Batgirl movie since all that stuff came out he is now no longer doing the Batgirl movie but according to him it's because he didn't have a story yeah which I I just find stupid like I could come up with a Batgirl story just here. Yeah. Without even, like, I'm, like, if you gave me two minutes, I could come up with something basic. I just feel like there's, like, there's too much to the character Batgirl. A, a character who's barely been explored in Sounds any like media. Sounds like a slap in the face to Aye. Batgirl, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Batgirl, there's nothing here. <laughs> Batgirl has the whole famous arc where she got crippled. Like, yeah. none of it can be turned into a Do you a think story. it's because they didn't... No, obviously... They... He, 100% he has stepped down because of this. Yeah. And they've been like, look, we can't have a misogynistic cheater writing our, you know, very sort of pro-women <laughs> uh, superhero movie. We need to patch you. And they've been like, we'll do it neutral. We'll just say you've stepped down because you didn't have a story. But, like, I agree with you. <clears throat> but let's say hypothetically that is the case. Do you think it's to do with this whole fucking messed up universe that they've created with DC, the film franchise, to where it's like, where do you even fit in? Yeah. Batgirl, Oracle, Batbreaking, backbreaking scenario into this universe that has apparently been already going for 20 odd years. Yeah, I can see that. That's tricky. But then just do something else. Aye, I mean, I mean, wh- like right now, that we, I have a copy of a Batgirl story which does not involve any of that stuff. Yeah, just do that. Aye, yeah. Just say that like she did work with Batman and now she works on her own. No, I work alone. Jinx, she does something weird with her voice, like Batman does to hide her identity. Well, you'd think she'd have to because she's Barbara Gordon. Yeah. So like, it's probably pretty noteworthy. If one of the vigilantes has the voice of the daughter of the commissioner. Ah. Especially if you were, hey, let's say, the commissioner. And you had to confront Batgirl at some point. But then how many criminals know Barbara Gordon? But like, what if the commissioner confronts her at one point? That's true. It's like, hey. Hi, Batgirl. You you sound a lot like my daughter. You look (laughs) a lot like her too. Probably Good thing my daughter's safe and sound at home. (laughs) Uh, I like Commissioner Gordon. He's now played by J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Good egg. Good egg. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was, I don't know, kind of worth bringing up. Yeah, like it's... Or is it? <laughs> Who knows? Um, it's, It spooks because there seems to be a lot of rumours recently that um, if you go down this route, like they're taking the director off, that Zack Snyder... That there's things going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, that Zack Snyder was actually going to be taken off Justice League um, before... And then replaced with, uh, incidentally, Joss, Joss Whedon. Whedon yeah. uh, the bef- like before he stepped down officially for um, the personal reasons. And if like the personal reasons almost f- uh, like at the time seemed like a like a fully on legitimate excuse, but may have just been like a 
I, I don't want to say the word convenient. It's not a convenient. Yeah. But like a more like a, a scapegoat mm-hmm. um, to let Zack Snyder get away from the project without hurting anybody's reputation. Uh-huh. Um, because there's a lot of stuff that um, apparently was cut from Zack Snyder's one, and like it seemed like his that there was a rumor that he had a cut that was pretty much done and was ready uh-huh. to go, and that most of the re- uh, reshooting, some of the mustache reshooting. Uh, was probably unnecessary and stuff and was more mm. just to try and fix it in post but but fix I mean for all we know that it was I mean what did they fit like you watch Justice League and it's not a good movie so what did they really fix you know what I mean I... maybe it's more coherent maybe how was, long do you think? It was the best thing I could say for Justice League after watching Suicide Squad and um, Batman. Is it coherent? Is it is fucking coherent? Yeah. So that's at least something. There's a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> well done. Most things make sense. Well done, boys. <laughs> Over at DC, you really managed to pull something together. Aye. Because that's the state of films now. Just pulling things together. Um, so maybe DC are like sort of trying to. Like trying to find, yeah. Like they seem, it seems like they're all having problems with trying to um, shift directors in the most peaceful way possible. Yeah. Do you think Zack Snyder is going to be involved in the films in any way? Come no. like the feature? No, because the only one that was successful, Wonder Woman, he had basically nothing, nothing to, to do, do with. with. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think he's right for it. Even. He's never really been right for it, has he? No, even like in Justice League, there's a there was recently like an Easter egg where in Justice League, um. Uh, Flash gets hit by a bolt of lightning, and the way uh, is he's positioned is a throwback to the Dark Knight Returns. Uh-huh. And Zack Snyder confirmed, yeah, that's supposed to be a throwback to the Dark Knight Returns. I did that shot, and you're like, you stop fucking referencing, referencing the Dark book. Knight yeah. Returns. Jesus Christ, <sighs> move the fuck on! It's like he's just read that one, and he's like, this is Batman. This uh, is all Batman is all the time. He's an old boy, angry at the world. He's come back to have a little punch up with the Joker. You even get something to do with the Flash, there's nothing to do with the Batman, and still reference. Still reference the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that is strange. Um, so it's probably best to move on, mm-hmm. especially just because they not work. It's just it almost feels like at this point you should just reboot. Like if you wanted it to be a clean slate, because um, Batman vs Superman Justice League doesn't leave He's it. Give a clean, it yeah. yeah, it's so convoluted. He's built it on it. such a unique style that it's yeah. like, how do you grow from that? It almost feels like you. But then the set, we'd lose like Gal Gadot and Patty yeah. Jenkins's sort of vision of Wonder Woman, and that would be a real bummer. Uh, maybe just I'm okay with just, reboot everything except that. Uh, I'm okay with just a silent retcon. <laughs> Keep go. Wonder Woman as canon. Do a re-edit where you take out that dumb bit at the beginning where she goes to the fucking Louvre. <laughs> take that out. Yeah. Re-release the DVD. Boom! You got your first movie in the Justice League franchise. Good place to start. Very good place to start. Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah, um, I could I could do even just a, a reboot with the same cast. I've always thought um, Henry Cavill's good. He I think he would make a good Superman. Yeah. I just think he just needs a, a more optimistic script. Definitely plays up the proper what, kind of what Superman should be towards the end of Justice League. Ah, he's he like he plays up a very good sort of humble guy with like a, a light sense of humor. I, I like I feel like he really really could be it. He just needs the like to be directed and someone to give a script that even resembles Superman slightly. Yeah. I think he'd be a really, really good cast and I think he looks the part as well. So Do you think we'll see the Superman you know and love on screen before you die, Daniel? 
I feel like we will. You could die tomorrow, though. Oh, no. Probably not, then. <laughs> like, probably not before tomorrow. One day, you'll be gone. I always think that there's the Netflix have picked up like the Miller World stuff and there's Superior, which is like Mark Miller's yeah, take yeah. on Superman. I think that would be... I feel like we... <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> we might see like a pseudo, good pseudo Superman before we see a good Superman. Although the end of the Justice League, they kind of felt like they were in the moving right... Moving in the right direction. Yeah, moving in the right direction. They were hot off the heels, you know. Hot off the bloody presses, mate. Mm. Hot off our idiocracy. Um, Mark Millar. Go on. Scottish boy. Aye. Local lad. Good egg. <laughs> but. Right. I'm not sure how much care for his writing. I feel like <laughs> he. Uh, it's very bizarre because his. I feel like Mark Miller has two types of writing. The one that he's how he writes and how he loves to write mm-hmm. and him under sort of restraint and contract mm-hmm. and his restraint and contract stuff i think is better yeah <laughs> which is a weird strength yeah. thing from a um an artist maybe, maybe it maybe that's not the expert um explained right and maybe it's i um, just haven't seen enough of his stuff but like you do get a lot of the sort of there's a lot of juvenileness to and um mm. to his style um, which... The movie Kickass kind of reigns that in a bit, hmm. and Kickass the film is still quite, it's still you know quite juvenile, but like it really pulls back the the ridiculousness of that that story. Aye, but like I over um, last month I read uh, Superman Red Sun, which is by Mark Miller, uh-huh. and it was really fucking good. Yeah, it was really good. It was like re- like I was really into it. I wasn't sure how I'm um, the sort of Elseworld stuff. I, um, place set in alternative dimensions i'm never sure how i'd get into that but like i read it and i was like this is so fucking good i was really into it um so there i think he like he can be a really talented writer and i love superior his comic which actually goes against what i said because that's something he wrote for himself it's his own regional stuff but um he is he has got talent he is like i just feel like sometimes he just gets a bit too juvenile yeah because i read old man logan Hot off the heels of Logan. <laughs> <laughs> just getting it wrong. Uh, and I just thought that was a lot of exposition. Hmm. For nothing, really. It's a lot of, like they drive past a thing. And Hawkeye's like, what's that? Or Logan's like, what's that? And then the other person tells them everything they need to know about that thing. And it's just getting a bit like... So I just feel so removed from everything else. I was like, why do I care? Like, surely you could just have these things going on in the background and the, the reader can put them together. Yeah. Because it's still a visual medium. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And then I feel like things like Kick-Ass and Wanted and things like that are so... Hard. It's like the Deadpool movie kind of thing. It's mm. like it's dicks and farts and blood and sex. And it's all... Oh, we're, we're all saying the c word all the time and fuck this and fuck that shit balls and you're like it's quite exhausting because i'm not a 13 year old boy <laughs> i yeah. can feel quite juvenile at times yeah so i don't know but i want to support him because he's a scottish lad. i've met him yeah i remember yeah saying. i told you that and he thought he recognized me <laughs> which was a weird moment i went up and i was like and he was like oh i was like oh hey I, uh, I re- at the time i really loved kick ass now i've kind of you had some well the film i still love yeah 
But uh, and I was like, I, went, I gave him my copy of Superior to sign. And he's like, do we know each other? And I was like, I feel like I'd remember if we'd <laughs> met before, but you're welcome to think that. <laughs> so maybe I'm in an alternative universe. I'm Mark Millar's best pal. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. In an alternative universe, he could write. That's true, he could write it. But it would just be full of blood and dick jokes. But that is your life. It's more or less my yeah. life, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite an exciting life. A juvenile life. It's in my alternative universe where I'm a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> All the time. All the time. You're a Peter Pan. Uh, did you see that big photo? This is a just a segue back to what we are talking about, just because I thought of an addendum. Do you see that big photo of everyone who's been involved in Marvel in the yeah. past 10 years? Joss Whedon? Just doesn't look too good. I don't remember him in it. Looks like he's put the beef on quite a oh, bit. Really? This is just becoming a very bitchy episode, <laughs> isn't it? Like, Do you know what else I've heard about Joss Whedon? Yeah, bitching about people we don't know. I've fucking taken shots at Mark, at Mark Miller and Joss Whedon. But no, he's not looking too good. Ooh. He's looking a bit kind of wore down. Here's something. Go on. Casey Affleck. Not okay. Affleck. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Two very different people. Hollywood's, Hollywood's, you know, Hollywood's antagonist. You love to hate him. Bad bloke. Right? Came out recently. Bad bloke, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. All in agreement? Yeah. Of course. I was watching the Baby Driver special features. And he's on there doing a couple of interviews. And he just looks really, like, hunched over. He's got this really shitty, stubbly beard. He looks very greasy. And his hair is very badly kept. And I was like, man, he looks like a scumbag. Like, he looks like a really seedy, creepy dude. And I thought to myself, if I'd watched these special features before all those accusations came out, would I still be thinking the same thing watching this? Or would I just be like, that's Kevin Spacey? I don't know. Probably not. Do you think it's a force... Uh, uh, hindsight is everything? Yeah. Kind of situation? Hot off the heels of learning Stop about Stop his... it! Stop using it wrong! <laughs> Hot on the heels. Um, or we just coin it as our catchphrase. Hot on the heels. Hot off someone's heels. <laughs> this news... Hot off skate of Kevin Spacey's heels. Oh, no, we don't want... <laughs> <laughs> this part, this episode's called Kevin Spacey's Heels. Um, sponsored by Kevin Spacey's Heels. Oh no, we don't want that. I thought you were just going to say Kevin Spacey. <laughs> what if it turned out that was true? What if our do we genuinely had a first spot, a first sponsor, and it was just Kevin Spacey? What if, it's like I want to get back into the limelight <laughs> in a good way. What if he offered to come on and be interviewed? Would you take that interview? Fuck man, if we were doing like the Frost Nixon interview <laughs> with Kevin Spacey, fuck yeah, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Why are you such a bad bloke, Kevin? <laughs> Why has everybody got a story about you, Kevin? Here's our old college lecturer to tell his story about you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Be... That would be a, be an interesting way for second opinion to, <laughs> to blow up if we... <laughs> Fuck, man. That would be so fascinating. Um, but yeah, I guess hindsight maybe is... A... Or maybe, you know what? Maybe I would have saw that and been like, Kevin Spacey's not looking too good. Hmm. But I, it wouldn't have stuck yeah. in my brain the way it has. On talking of that, the new the House of Cards teaser came out the other day. I didn't watch it because I haven't seen the last series, season, season nine. I haven't seen the last season. Does it make sense that he's not in it in terms of plot? Well, like the teaser doesn't really do anything. Like there's not like it's like a really short teaser, but like it's like a sort of hey we're we're still doing um, 
House of Cards. It's still the final season, mm. which by this point, if you're going to go in this radically different direction, well, not too radically, but you're going to basically going to be changing a lot of the story. Changing the game. Yeah. Then it feels like you might as well, like, you could just see how this season goes and then just do another season. Like, if you were going to go in a different direction anyway. Yeah. Um, but it is bizarre because it's focused on Robin Wright, as it obviously should be. Um, but it's just... I like I'm I'm actually really intrigued to watch it because I want to know what they do because mm. it's so centered on Kevin Spacey. That's what I was going to say is without kind of spoiling the last season, but also without just saying yes. Does it make sense in like a from a story point of view that Kevin Spacey is no longer in it? No, no. Like it just they'd have if they were. They'd basically... I feel like the best way to explain it is like... It'd be like the final season of Breaking Bad. But Walter White's gone. Walter White's gone and Skylar instead. I feel like the problem is... is that yeah. the Breaking Bad at that point had been building up all of what Walter White had done. And there's other stories going on. And even like Skylar in Breaking Bad had a story that uh, uh-huh. was going on. And like there's nothing... And Robin Wright's bigger character than Skylar ever was, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and her, char- her character is really, really fascinating. And um, I, I, it'd be really, really cool to see her character do more. But at the end of the day, it's Francis Underwood that has done yeah. all of these things. Yeah. He's the one who's done all... He's made this, these decisions. He's made... Like, the show is him breaking connections with people, um, making connections with other people, his alliances, what he's done, the various crimes he's done. They're yeah. all his... And to make the final season without him, you're just like there's you like there's no payoff now. They're like there's no payoff to mm-hmm. that. Um, and I just and it doesn't even make sense from Robin's right character. Like without spoiling, <laughs> Robin. Wright. I can't remember not Robin's right. Is it Claire Underwood. Robin's right. <laughs> Robin is right. Right for the job. Uh, it doesn't even make sense for Claire Underwood to without spoiling last season, take on Francis Underwood's sins. Mm. It doesn't make sense to do that. Like, almost to the point where it's the opposite direction. She wouldn't take on his sins. So, I just doesn't... It feels like the show would have to go in an entirely different direction. Which I'm okay with. I'm Like, if you wanted to do a House of Cards spin-off, try it. Cool, let's see what happens. But I... Making it the final season and then sort of building it as the payoff for yeah, the show. Just, when it's not a payoff, it's, it's just not a payoff. Be... It's gonna like the person who's it all about is gone. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not saying they should make it with Kevin Spacey. Absolutely not. But like, maybe just spin it off and do another series. And just do a different show. Yeah. Aye, maybe... Or like, yeah, different. Like, make it a Robin, the Robin Wright show. Aye. Robin's right. Um, and just make like not even call it the final season just see what happens if you just do a season with Robin Wright and see what happens uh, make it the show about her it does it's a shame it's a real it's a real real shame because I was like at the last season very I, invested yeah the last season had its ups and downs but the clip like the cliffhanger ending I was like I'm so ready for this I was uh-huh. so ready I was like I can't wait for the next season so I can see that get paid off uh-huh. uh, and now it just can't I get they'll have to figure out a way to pay it off somehow they can't they literally can't they like without Francis Underwood, they can't pay off the main story, and they can't pay I off. Wish the I'd seen it so that I could talk to you about it. Like, like they, like I wouldn't. It's weird because I wouldn't even like the last season. I'd say wasn't like the great. They had some great moments. And what House of Cards has been on a 
pretty rocky road since the end of the first series. Yeah. I would say since, spoilers, Kate Mara was sort of written out of it. I think it's always been a bit... But that's it's weird, had major because that's down. like that point where he, Kate Mara's um, written out of it, is a big twist. Yeah, it goes Like huge. the show goes in a different direction. She is sort of the other main character in the first series. Aye, but it's also like the way she's written out is like the first time something like that happens. Yeah. Um, which makes... You know he's not fucking around. Aye, right? you realise just um, like... You realise um, quite well, a lot well of, at the sink to well, yeah. he's winning sink to. Um, I just like the show has got weird points where it's like it starts to sort of sink. It starts to sink, and maybe I feel like the problem with the shame about House of Cards is when it gets too political. It's when you lose interest, and then it does something that um, suddenly you can understand yeah. is bad, um, and then you're like right back into it. You're like, okay, here we go. I'm really like that. And I feel like that's what the ending of the last season was. You're like, okay, this is sinking a bit. Just, mm, okay, this is cool. This is interesting. This is interesting. Because um, the, the season starts off brilliantly. Um, Kevin Spacey's performance in the first episode, which is, I know, weird to say now, but like... Very he, good. He was good. It's not, it's not. Yeah, I get what you mean, but it's like it's weird to credit him yeah. on something. Um, his performance when he on um, the first episode, and then the season kind of sinks up and down. He does a few things, and then the last, the last beat, you're like, "Fucking cool! I can't wait for this to happen." It doesn't. It's. I was just saw the teaser, and I was. I'm intrigued. I want to see what they do. I feel like I'm. I'm I almost want to force. Episode. I I want to kind of force my way through the last series just to see how this plays out but i've yeah because i feel like i am intrigued to see what they do because i guess if you put a bunch of writers in a room and like lock them up anything work they can try and they can write shakespeare yeah given enough typewriters (laughs) (laughs) what do you think kevin spacey did on oscar night that's a good question Mm. jinky just got like a big fuck off takeaway out he's just like just sat eating like you know the sweet and sour chicken and batter that you get? Yeah. But he's like, he's not using like a fork or anything. He's just oh. dipping them in his big chunky battered chicken. And, like, and just watching it on the TV, just fucking livid. The annoying thing about Kevin Spacey is that would probably look good, him doing it. Like you he think? could probably make it look really intimidating. And he's got that horrible greasy look. that He looks like what he did on the special features of Baby Driver. <laughs> Sitting there in a shitty jacket and just like... Like fucking Greg Gerwig. Because all I can imagine now is Underwood doing it, mm. <laughs> and like, it, it kind of looks cool. Underwood doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just curious. I know, and Weinstein as well. Although is he still in rehab? I don't know. I think Weinstein might be in rehab. I have no idea. That's weird. <sighs> yeah, I was just curious as to what they might have been up uh, to. Did that? you watch a lot of the Oscars? No, I must have been. Oh, who can? I just never can be bothered when it's so late. <laughs> like for us, it's so yeah. late at night. I went, um, I went to an Oscar. I went to like an Oscar party. Yeah, that's cool. Our friend Matt showed the like played the Oscars at his, at his flat, and uh, he had score sheets. So he had a, he had sheets for everybody, and each one had every single category with every single person that's been nominated. And you had to guess. You had to take you know, and then whoever had the most points at the end of the night would win a Oscar statue that he had made, Aww. which was just a little wooden man that he'd spray painted gold. Uh, I uh, did not win it, but my flatmate won it. Oh, uh, let's say I—I I, I, yeah. I realized I saw it earlier. I, I only got ten out of twenty-four awards right. It's not great, is it? No. As someone who has seen 
every one of the have you seen them all i've seen all the best pictures yeah <clears throat> i've seen i haven't seen as many i'll tell you what darkest hour on the post should not be up there mm-hmm. for best picture at the very least they it should have been blade runner and the florida project how they're not up there and those two films are will forever baffle me but i guess it's about politics and it's a period piece it's got tom hanks and gary oldman and what's her uh, meryl streep and you know i Epic get winners. it but fucking oh, and see you know the one that really annoyed me speaking about baby driver was baby driver losing out on sound editing sound and sound mixing that's mental and editing to dunkirk that's mental baby driver is like on a whole different level literally that film is about being like the whole premise of the film is that it's edited to music most like you know 90 percent of the time Aye. and it works so flawlessly and they give it to dunkirk which is a fine movie but like fuck man you really couldn't acknowledge this incredible piece of work. You had to go with the period war drama. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. It just... It's another one of those ones that I was like, the Oscars really are just bullshit. Aye. It's just absolute bullshit. A bunch of old people are like, I loved the war. Remember the war? It's <laughs> not vote for war films. I did, because I saw the nominations, and maybe it's because I hadn't seen them, but I was like, there's quite a weird, diverse um, nominations in here. Like, I was blown away that get out was nominated yeah that was picture. incredible was like, yeah that's so bizarre it doesn't even feel like it doesn't even remotely feel like an oscar film and i thought that was so all. interesting um and looking through it and there was quite a like call me by your name and ladybird and there was a lot of diversity in there but of course it had to the best picture had to go to nothing against it but like it had to go to the film about films basically the shape of water yeah the shape mm-hmm. of water like it feels like because it, it's a big throwback to yeah 60s and 60s and the fats and nostalgia films and 60s creature films and uh, I saw Shape of Water yesterday. Oh, did fi- you? I, I oh, actually okay. managed to finally see it. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it, especially aesthetically. Uh, aesthetically. Good job, buddy. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't know that a cross between Bioshock and Amelie was something I wanted. <laughs> but it apparently was. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And Creature from the Black Lagoon as well. For that yeah. Um, I would have given it to Three Billboards if it were up to me. I loved Three Billboards. Because Three Billboards is just so kind of unbiased in terms of its characters and Hmm. how it portrays them and the line of who is good and who's bad and who's in the right and the wrong so blurry and it makes for such a fascinating film shape of water is stunning for different reasons but like god i really wish yeah i think this is gonna be another i think this is gonna be another one of those situations where few years down the line shape of water is going to kind of not be forgotten about but i think three billboards is going to be the one from this year hopefully that people remember the most even if just for the conversation that it seems to have stirred up uh, people are angry about that movie yeah because of you know undeserved uh redemption which i still don't feel that it does no. i think we may have talked about this in the well, think, episode but i'm not sure if we talked about this in episode i think we may have talked about this yeah. in general um it's this uh, controversy that because Sam Rockwell's character is a racist or it's heavily, heavily, heavily implied he's racist. Yeah. Um, and he gets a redemptive arc that that means that the film is forgiven of racist. Yeah. Which I think, I feel like... I still don't feel that he's redeemed. I just no. think that him and Francis McDormand finally find 
someone to target their anger at that makes sense. Hmm. They're not just, you know, Sam Rockwell isn't just beating up black people and Francis McDormand isn't attacking Woody Harrelson, who's clearly genuinely trying to help. Like, they find an outlet for their aggression that makes sense, hmm. which is, we should go kill this rapist. And I, I don't think that's redemption. I think, yeah, I think, it, like I said, they just find another way to funnel their anger to something that feels like it should be redemptive but they're still going to kill a man <laughs> i think he personally i feel like he does get a sort of redemptive arc or at least a, a change in perception from the audience you're supposed to not particularly like him when it starts and mm-hmm. then you turn your like you change your mind and you start to sympathize with him but i feel like it's gonna sound bizarre but there's the, the there's a tweet that i would refer to that makes it um uh, of a person who you wouldn't expect to be um coming up in a criticism about films but chance the rapper had a tweet about how um he hate like hates movies that like he's a, he finds it a shame i think he was talking about bright specifically uh-huh. but he finds it a shame films that talk about still talk about race as a personal thing and not many who talk about as a systematic thing uh-huh. like um real racism is embedded into the system of uh, how we live our lives mm-hmm. not necessarily as, as well as but not as um necessarily um people and i feel like free billboards uh, kind of diverts that in a in an interesting way where it's like um it kind of makes personal um racism coming from a direct person more redemptive um uh instead of and kind of attacks on a systematic level which you just don't give you don't get a lot of race films that about how the system is racist not just the people there always seems to be a bad guy at the top who's like well i just don't like black people if i'm honest but like the whole it's more like the um like the system itself is racist. The system itself is attacking, mm-hmm. and you can like, which is what, is what Get Out was about. Yeah. Get Out was about how systematically ra- um, the system was racist and not necessarily like that's what that was about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that the main characters, even uh, like the the bad guys of Get Out, kind of use um, black culture as sort of a like, oh, I would have a, a, um, elected Barack Obama for a third term if I had the chance. <laughs> Um, it's a great line that like personal racism and systematic racism is differently and it's the systematic racism that we really really like yeah is not portrayed as much in films mm-hmm. uh, and i think it just is interesting sort of the looking at all the what could be the redemptive side of personal racism yeah it's going in the right direction at least yeah moonlight won last year and get out was nominated this year i just don't feel if you think that free billboards is racist i feel like you've missed a lot of the point yeah and it's more it's more of a commentary on just like hatred and anger in people mm-hmm. and um that's exactly what it's about yeah it's not it's not about our friend, our friend of the podcast jamie boyle he summarized the film as just it's just about anger kind of moving from person to person hmm. until eventually they it moves to the person it kind of the kind of person it should yeah. move to yeah um it's a really fucking good film it's Martin a stunning film would you say it's Martin Madonna is it Martin Madonna? Yeah. Would you say it's his best film? It is his best film. It's his best film. It's his I'd best film. still rather watch In Bruges. In Bruges when is it came more down rewatchable. It. Yeah. It's very watchable, very quotable, but Three Billboards is by far his it's, best oh, film. Oh, like it like it's on a different level. Mm. I always I, um, I was talking about it to someone once when I was I described like In Bruges is like a almost a comedy with dramatic elements, whereas Three Billboards is more of a drama with like comical elements. Yeah. And like I think Free Billboards like blows you away of how good it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's fucking incredible film. 
I'm glad it exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only film I've seen twice so far this year. Because <clears throat> I just uh, and I would happily, if the opportunity came up to see it a third time, I'd take it in a heartbeat. No I, questions. I'm up for that. Um, I think it's really cool just talking on like um, uh, just talking about sort of like racism that like uh, even though I, I know we both weren't the biggest fans of the film it's really fucking cool that Black Panther has blown away all these fucking records. It's pretty crazy isn't it? It's good that yeah I, like I agree with you I don't much care for the film but like I'm glad that people are going out to see it. Yeah. Like it, that, it, like definitive proof that you don't need to be a white male to sell a film. And it film. doesn't even need to... Who? Let's be real. Who the fuck is Chadwick Boseman? <laughs> who the fuck is Black Panther? Yeah, it's like he played... What was it? He played Jimi Hendrix once? No, he played James, James Brown. James Brown, that was it. I apologize. James Brown, and it was a really good it's film. It's a great performance, really but who, who saw that film? Yeah. And then he's in Black Panther. So it's like... You really kind of are throwing this sort of unknown guy as... The head of your tentpole film and people have fucking flocked in droves yeah. to see it it is pretty exciting it's really cool it's really cool that it's made that i was i was <clears throat> blown away i feel like i still can't believe it it's like made more money than like all of the marvel solo films and mm. it's like competing with like avengers or has it surpassed avengers it's like mental how much money it's made do you think people are just going to see it so that their friends don't think they're racist mm. <laughs> well that's that's the exactly opposite reason why i haven't seen it because <laughs> I, I don't care I, I want them to I know <laughs> I actually sympathise with Sam Rockwell's character before his redemption <laughs> if anything I think he becomes a pussy <laughs> I feel like we need to have like a disclaimer come in there it's like a very fast voice where it's like it's like a the, the views of Scott Daddy are Purely comical and do not reflect the actual views. <laughs> it does not reflect the views of Second Opinion. It's all jokes, guys. It's all jokes. I know. I do feel like the sort of real world politics are sort of clouding the fact that it's a very okay film. I think yeah. people are really bigging it up. And it really does suffer from a lot of the same problems that all the Marvel movies do some in some circumstances even like a little bit more maybe than some of the other Marvel movies but it is defense a... some of it suffers a little less specifically the, yeah that's true specifically the villain yeah the villain, do, like michael they... jordan um michael b jordan um is on point the villain and yeah Andy oh Serkis yeah 100%. as well as like it's great because you fight he finally has a motivation outside of just gonna blow up the world because just because that wasn't me Crazy. saying because because he's his cousin it wasn't oh. supposed to be like a like a cuz because they're cousin because he's his cousin because is a cousin no there's more purpose for him blowing up the world than the fact he's his cousin mm. yeah no he wants to blow up the world because he's his cousin and his cousin lives in the world and if he blows up the world no more cousin no more cousin no more cousins the name of this episode <laughs> so many names make world go boom no more cousin I think it's yeah I think it's fun when we do these little chat ones because it's fun to figure out what the title could be because <laughs> all the other ones we just call it by the movie but this is like what could it be what's what could the kid be? from Looper doing now shooting from the hip shooting from the hip noisy neighbours noisy neighbours that was it yeah Noisy Neighbours was a good one. <laughs> I'm still very proud of that episode. Aye. I think out of the chat ones, that's our best one. Yeah. Because it was I the first Q&A one. That was our Q&A one. We were mm. really dipping our toe, Danny. Now we're just talking about our podcast. 
<laughs> on the podcast. We just hit an hour, so we could just stop. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because you dropped your pen again. It's a good place to stop. It's because I like to twirl the pen. It makes me feel efficient. Because you don't have to write notes. You don't have to do anything with this fucking podcast, Danny. I travel I'm here. the one who has to write notes of what needs to be edited out. And then I have to fucking take all that. And I have to move the shit onto my laptop. And I have to edit it on. It takes like an hour. I have to get the music and all that shit. What do you do? You show up here every second Thursday, talk fucking bullshit for an hour, and then you piss off home. Get out of my fucking recording studio. I'm going to do my own podcast. Get out. Get out. (laughs) Oh, you got me all riled up now. I'm going to be in a bad boy mood. We're going to go play Bloodborne. Yes. Well, you're going to play it. And you're going to watch me play it. I'm going to watch and maybe occasionally laugh. I've been challenged by people I work with. Because Bloodborne is free on PlayStation Network right now. Yeah. Plug for <laughs> Bloodborne. This second opinion is sponsored by the PlayStation um, Network. And I, it's not my type of game. No, it's not mine. Not in terms of what it's about. Not in terms of the content, Daniel. In terms of the difficulty. I look at that and I'm like, there's no way I will survive. I will be brutally assaulted within seconds of playing this game. You can probably figure out our level of gaming and you realise that we were a bit disheartened by Bloodborne being the free game, but psyched that Ratchet, Ratchet Clank, Clank yeah, was the other free game. Yeah, buzzing about that. But So there's guys at my work who are huge, huge, huge fans of Bloodborne. And so I've been challenged by them to at the very least play an hour of it tonight. Yeah. And come in tomorrow and give them my rundown of Bloodborne. So we're going to give that a crack now. Which I'm quite excited about. Maybe I'll need to start... Maybe I should start a segment on the podcast. Like, the Bloodborne Report. Or something like that. <laughs> that sounds like a serious oh conspiracy novel. Right, so there's this thing at work today. I had to do some training. You have to do it every six months. You have to refresh your legal training. Hmm. It does, it's a pain in the arse. But <laughs> you have to watch... You have to watch this video. And the video is all about uh, Think 25. Obviously, if a customer comes in trying to buy cigarettes or alcohol, if they look under 25, you have to ID them. <laughs> There's a part in the video where it says, it says, it's unfortunate that people do, just don't walk around with a little bubble next to them that tells you their age. And it has this little graphic of people walking around the shop and everybody has a little bubble next to them. And I just... My brain, and I said it to my supervisor, he thought it was like, just immediately went like, you know, it's a shame that people don't have a bubble next to them that tells your age. That's why at Tesco, we've decided to integrate that. <laughs> we At Tesco, we've decided to go full black mirror. And now everybody has, everybody has an age bubble. And you can always tell. And there's no way that you can get fined now because you can always tell because we've went full minority report or something like that. Yeah. I like that. In my one, I remember there was um, it suggested jokes, mm. which was a very weird thing for the straight um, video to do. Another joke about <laughs> bowling you can tell is <laughs> uh, like it was um, something like uh, if you're an older person, you could joke that since you're lucky enough to look under 25, I'm afraid I'm going to ask for ID. If you are a young person, you can say, oh, 
Um, I know how you feel. I get asked for ID all of the time. Ah, oh, they're like <laughs> actively suggesting I tension. Know, it, feel, it feels like programming aliens to fit into society. This is a thing a human would say. Do you get, try speaking human? Do you get annoyed when people ask for your ID? No. Why do people get annoyed? Because I get asked every now and again. I don't give a fuck. My ID is in my wallet. My wallet's right there in my pocket. It uh, takes fucking seconds. People who get pissy about it, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why is your time so precious <laughs> that you can't just accept that this is a part of my job and we'll all just move the fuck on? Idiots. The one that um, really gets people is when, because I work behind a bar and like they come up and they've got they've got ID for themselves, but they're buying two drinks. I'm like, you oh, have to get yeah, yeah. Who's this drink for? And they're like, oh, I need to see their ID. I'm afraid because, like, especially when they're they look quite young. It's like, yeah. no, I need to see the uh, like I have, like the other person might be across the bar. I can't see him from here. I should you need to ask for ID. And sometimes I was like, I need to see their ID. And then sometimes they'll just bring back the ID. I'm like, mm, I'm really sorry. I definitely need to see the human being as well. Yeah. <laughs> you can, can you bring the, Can you get their age bubble up, please? <laughs> yeah, if you just bring the age bubble down, uh, that'll be enough. Um, no, I need to see their human being and make sure, like, see their, uh, make sure their face actually matches. <laughs> you could have just found this on the floor. And yeah. That. What are the odds, though? <laughs> That's my date. Yep. Yeah. I'm punching, whatever. Oh. Ugh. No, it's, uh, yeah, the whole proxy sale thing's a pain in the arse. Yeah. Right. I do find it quite satisfying, though. I like turning down people when they, tr- when th- that sort of situation's going on. Yeah. Because I'm like, you should know better. I'm not going to advocate underage drinking, Danny. But here's what I'm going to say on this podcast right now. Yeah. If you're going to buy booze and your friend doesn't have ID on them, get your friend to wait outside. Yeah. Like, just get them to wait. Not even around the corner. Just with outside of the shop where we can't see them. And it's not an issue. But people who come in and then like, oh, but it's her that's buying it. You should know that's how it works. Mm. Unless I... Admittedly, I work in the West End. Probably a lot of cunty students who have never had a job before and so don't know that this is a thing. But, yeah, I'm just like, just wait. We used to do it when I, when we were kids. You get your friend who's 18 to go in, you just fucking wait in the, wait I in do the it. park. I'll still do it if I'm with someone and they're like, oh my God, I haven't got my ID yeah. on me. And I'm just like, well, you just go wait outside. Yeah. you just like, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it and you just wait outside and it won't be an issue for anyone. It's a fucking... People are idiots. Aye. Idiots. I'm terrible for re-IDing people. Oh, do you re-ID people a lot? Well, sometimes you get a lot of faces come to the bar and they'll sometimes sometimes they'll be okay with it, sometimes they'll be annoyed. Usually if I re-ID someone and they'll say, you've already ID'd me, I'll try and remember them afterwards. I'll try and make an effort. But it is like, it, sometimes you're like, hey, can I see ID? And like, you've already ID'd me. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Can Whoops. I see it again? <laughs> yeah, I imagine there's a lot of faces come through. We have like regulars that I know are definitely over the age. But, you know, people who get pissy about it, I'm just like, fucking, it's part of my job. Just have your... If I looked like you, I'd have my ID on me. Because you look about 12. So Uh, fucking get a grip. (laughs) (laughs) But it is sometimes that dodgy thing when you look at somebody and you're like, they are quite small, but are they they like 35? Uh, Sometimes, because sometimes I'll ID someone and they'll hand over their ID and it's like 1987. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, that's awkward. That is really awkward that that happens. But like... Just take it as a fucking compliment and move on. Uh, it's I think I think the problem is sometimes it's harder to tell with shorter people. Yeah. Sometimes it can be. A bit I think of there a... is an an instinctual thing of just with, with sh- shorter people. It's like you're more inclined to ID because 
so many of my chore friends get ID'd all the time, but then they're like, I bet you never get ID'd. And I'm like, no, no, yeah, not really. No. I don't really ever get ID'd. But I feel like without the beard, I have quite a baby face. Yeah. But because I'm so freakishly tall, I haven't, I, <laughs> I barely ever get ID'd, yeah. Um, it could be, it's, it is awkward. ID'ing is awkward. It's just, it's just something you have to do. But ugh, I really like sometimes when you're in that moment of like hesitating, you're like, do I ID this person? Is this a place where I'm going to ID? And I'm like, should probably just go for it. It just can still feel awkward. Yeah. Um, I always get a little, sometimes you get the occasional person who likes to lean in and fret a little. Like, do I yeah. look under 18? I'm like, yeah. Well, you don't challenge 25, don't give a fuck. Yeah, also, so you just have to say no, but you look uh, under 25. Also, there's yeah. a bar between us. What are you going to do, mate? <laughs> also, what are you going to do? What, you're going to fucking assault me, get arrested, because I won't sell you a beer? Fuck up. I, I, I like the idea that they think the fret's going to work. They just lean in and like, do I look under yeah, 18? Oh, oh, sorry, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm sure, what, a fucking 12-year-old going to beat me up, eh? Fucking get out of my bar. Um, yeah, on that, think, yeah, on that, I feel we could just sort of saddle up. Yeah. Ship out. Awesome. Well, if you want to get in contact with us, um, Facebook, Twitter, at Second Opinion uh, um, Pod, Thing. Second with a Two. Yep. Yep. Sweet. Awesome. Enjoy J.K. Simmons. Okay. <laughs> what an odd jar. <laughs> For something that's been quite like. I think it's because we tied all the ends so well. And then it's just like, oh, I guess we're done. Hey. We've done a good job. There we go. Bye.